hurts of him that feels all in all. So we're defining his, what pertains to him. And it's defined and made known in his body. That's what happens. And in Matthew 16, a very important piece of this is, is found. He says to his disciples... Verse 13, who do men say that the Son of Man is? And we dealt with that last week. This is a very particular Son of Man. Who do men say that I the Son of Man am? So he, he first captures himself in Son of Man. In fact, he refers to himself many, many times in the Scripture as Son of Man. In verse 14, And they said, Some say, Thou art John the Baptist, Elijah, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father who is in heaven, or which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So, <laughs> I want to deal with the keys, and that will be for another time, but, uh, but part of me, I'm going to make comments to this. I made some last week. People have read this scripture, including myself, and said, well, whatsoever you bind shall be bound. Whatsoever you loose shall be loosed. And they walked out here and said, well, I bind this, and I loose this. And much of the time, nothing really happened. And people tried to, well, I didn't bind it good enough. What he's dealing with is the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So if I don't know the kingdom of heaven, what I might be trying to loose may not pertain to the kingdom of heaven. And what I might be trying to bind may not pertain to the kingdom of heaven. It may pertain to me. And much of the time that's what we do is, is everything we think the gospel is just about us. And, and that everything is just about me. That's what we, we think, most of us. And that's why, you know, Paul brings a strong chord, the church which is his body. Now your 
part of it. Because you're a member of His body. But if you don't know the His part of that body, you really don't even know what you're to be. And that's a big issue in the earth today. Is the church doesn't understand who it is. Because it's defined by Him. He's the definition of the church. If I make anything else the definition of the church, I'm missing it. And, and the easiest one we've done that we made definitions of the church is, is this old saying, well, I go to church on Sunday. Or we meet somebody out at, we go grab lunch, and before COVID was happening, most church people have lunch after they go to church. And they'll say, make a comment, did you go to church today? See, that's a poor definition of the church. The church is His body. And, and Paul didn't just say it's his body. He says the fullness of him. So the word fullness means to fill up. I'm going to look it up, Ephesians 1. And we'll give you the strong definition of the word. So if God's dealing with us about something in particular, we should look it up. We should be attentive, like Brother Bob was saying, to it. So the word full is a word repletion or completion. That is what feels as content, supplement, copiousness, multitude, or what is filled, such as a container. So it's what feels and it's dealing with the container that's filled. So when you deal with the church and fullness, you're dealing with the container and what's filling the container. That's what you're dealing with. And the container, we have this treasure, Paul writes, in earthen vessels. So we have the treasure, but he's the treasure. See, that's, that's what we have to comprehend. We have the treasure, but He's the treasure. And we have this treasure in our earthen vessel. So, and, and, that's, and that's a big deal because most people are looking to have this treasure some other day. That's not what Paul said. He said we have this treasure in our earthen vessel. So we have it in our vessels. And these are earthen vessels. Our bodies, our members, that's up on earth. And this is where God is, is gathering my heart and into our members that's up on the earth, our bodies. But we are the body of Christ. 
And the body of Christ is a heavenly body. And we have earthen bodies to express the body of Christ. See, what we, what we haven't caught a hold of yet, our earthen bodies are to express the body of Christ. That's what our earthen bodies are for. And so if we reduce it down to just going to church on Sunday, or living for Jesus, we're getting out of the plan, the purpose, and wisdom of God. Because He lives in His body. And that's the issue. Is He becoming the living one in you is the issue. That's the issue, folks. Is He the living one in me? He's challenging me. Challenging me mightily, personally. Okay, I'm just being honest with you. He is. So, in Matthew 1, Matthew 1, and this, I read Isaiah 7 last week, and I was going to read it, but for time's sake, I'm going to read Matthew 1 and Luke 1, and, we're going, and we may go back to Isaiah. But Matthew 1, verse 18, and most people would read this in December, but I'm going to read it right in the midst of summertime. So that to, mo to many people, this is a December verse. All right? I'm kidding with you. But now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So this is the way it happened. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, is what Isaiah said. I had a lady on a plane... I can't remember, a year or two ago I was on an airplane and she was uh, uh, talk, started talking to me as working on the book I've, uh, I've written a bunch of chapters in that I've, I've got to write a couple more and complete. But I was working on it and she, she, she said something to the fact, do you believe Jesus was really born of the virgin? And I said, absolutely. Cause in, and, I, and I think she was a religious lady. But people, people even debate that. Well, here's the basis of the, rea of the truth. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. Here's how it happened. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So before they were married, she was found to be with child of the Holy Ghost. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So he's going to do it quietly. But as he considered these things, so he was considering divorcing her, putting her away. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. 
For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which be means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did, did as the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. So he was obedient to the Lord. A lot of people talk about Mary's obedience. But so was Joseph. Was obedient to the Lord. But what was birthed in her, and this, and this goes back to Matthew 16. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Okay. Son of Man, born of the Virgin Mary, Son of Man. But what was birthed in her is Son of God. Son of man, son of God. Okay, go to Luke 1. Luke 1. Luke 1 says 26. Luke 1 says a lot, but we're going to read verse 26. 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And here's the answer. And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God, the child, notice this, the child to be born shall be called holy, the Son of God. So you, here you have Son of Man, Son of God. All right, here's some notes I wrote down here. The mystery of this is who is this Son of Man? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. God born into man. This is the mystery here. Emmanuel, God with us. He was birthed into man. 
in Mary. He was birthed into man. But he was of God. That son of God, son of man. Why did he have to do that? Now here's the, here's the you, you know, you can get this down doctrinally. Some people haven't even got this down doctrinally. But you can get this down doctrinally. But then it comes to why did he have to do it? He had to. Because of the state of man. This is why he had to be son of God, son of man. Because of the state of man. The issue was man. He didn't have any issues. <laughs> he was God. So, so, you know, Philippians makes us plain. He being in the form of God thought it not robbery be equal of God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him. He took upon him. In other words, he didn't have this upon him. He took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he died the death of the cross because of man. Because a man couldn't express God. Man's best couldn't give him expression. And that's the issue. Because God created the earth for His glory. He created all things. And the issue was what He created couldn't give Him expression. Even its best. See, the best man couldn't express God. Bob read it this morning. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So as a natural man, we can go take modification classes and still cannot express Him. And that's what a lot of Christians think being a Christian is. We're going to take a behavioral class. And we're going to get our behavior just right. So we're going to give Him expression. That's what they think. That this is what this is about. Is a behavioral modification system. This is what church is. And, and that idea misses the mark. That still leaves you as the performer of the task. And that's what's wrong with that. That's why you must know Him. That's why you must come to Him. Because you can't perform the task that's given to you. Now you're given the task. See, but you're given a task. When you read the church which is His body, the first thing I might try to do is say, well, I'm the body of the Lord, so I'm going to go live like the Lord. You might get that in your mind. So I'm going to run out and be like Jesus. 
And I, what I'd say to you is slow down a minute. You've got to know Him to be like Him. If you don't know Him intimately, you're not going to express Him. And that's the issue in the, in the, in the church. It's a big issue because, because people don't want to give themselves to Him. They may want to say a prayer, a one-time prayer. And I'm all about a one-time prayer and being born again. I'm all about that, folks. So don't get me wrong when I make this comment. But people may want to do that, but then not give themselves to the Lord. And that's the issue. You're the Lord's body. He bought you with the price. Has anyone ever read that? He purchased you for possession of Himself. That's the issue. He came into man to redeem man from man. If he hadn't come into man, you would be trapped in the man. That's the issue. Look at Isaiah 61, verse 1. And this is speaking of the Christ that we're dealing with. Isaiah 61 verse 1, dealing with the Christ. The Spirit of the Lord Jehovah is upon me, because Jehovah hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Liberty to the captives. So you have captives. Mark that in your heart, captives. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So a captive and someone that is bound. He's dealing with, and this is what I want to capture today. I was going to read on down here, and you can read all these verses down through verse 6. But I want to you to see captive and prison. There's a lot of scriptures in the Old Testament talking about captives and prisons. And you go back to Israel and Egypt, and they were in captivity to Egypt. This was natural captivity. You can cut fast forward to when Jesus came on the scene. A lot of Christians don't get this. The Jewish nation was in Roman Captivity. So they were literal, physically captive to Rome. They were under the authority of Rome. But there's a bigger picture than that. Man, you and I were captive to Adam. Look at Ephesians Where is that at? Ephesians chapter 2, I believe, is what I want. Ephesians 2. And let's read this slowly. 
I'm in the American Standard Version. And you did he make alive. King James says quickened. And that word means make alive. And you did he make alive when you were dead through your trespasses and sins. Wherein you once walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the powers of the air. Of the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. Among whom we also once lived. King James said says, had, have our conversation in the lusts of the flesh, doing the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Now, here's where you were captive. In the man. But God, being rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Here's how you get uncaptive. You're made alive together as one with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Now you're free. But if you don't see that in a person, this is a person issue. The whole thing is a man issue. See, see, we, we, get, we get this idea that if I just didn't sin, I'd be alright. And it's a bigger issue than just not sinning because sin is the nature of the man. You were bound in sin. Not just these sins. You were bound in the man. That's where you were held captive to the law was in the man. Because he was a man of sin. In Adam... Paul writes, all men died. Through one man's disobedience, all mankind become dead, according to Apostle Paul. So we, even breathing oxygen, we're dead. We're dead. So everything about us, according to the Adam man, was death. So how do I get out of it? That's the issue. He came to set the captives free. The captivity of mankind. And He frees us through His death. So if I don't understand His death, I'm never going to be free inside. I don't care how religious I get. I have to understand his death. If God didn't want us to understand it, I'm telling you, Paul wouldn't have written what he wrote. He would have just wrote a simple letter and said, Go on, live good till Jesus comes and you'll be fine. But over and over and over again, he faced you with the death of the cross. 
He brought you over, over, and over again to the death of the cross. Because you need to comprehend it. If you're the body of the Lord. So Romans 7. Romans 7. Verse 1. Know you not, brethren? For I speak to them that know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. So as long as the man's alive, the law has dominion over the man. For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, what happens to that law? In the natural. All of us, and this is what Paul's telling them, if the husband dies, you're loosed. If you're a woman and your husband physically dies, you're loosed from that law that you might be married to another man. So then, if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now look at verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another. You become dead to the law by the body of Christ that you should be married to another. Even to him who is raised from the dead. Mark that, the dead. What did I, what did I say a while ago? In Adam all became the dead. See, see he wasn't just raised alive again. He was. But more happened than that. And this is what Christians don't understand. Because Christians think someday we're all just going to be raised alive again. And there's a bigger picture, and, it, and it's very important to your salvation to understand this bigger picture. He raised out from the dead. He was born into the dead as son of man. But he never became part of the dead. See, this is what this is the whole thing in the beginning when I was reading about Jesus born of the Virgin Mary. He was born into man, but he never became the nature of man. The nature of Adam never possessed him. If he had of, we'd be trapped in Adam. Okay. But he died to Adam. He brought Adam, and I'm not just talking about that one poor man that was named Adam in Genesis. I'm talking about the natural mankind. He brought Adam, the natural mankind, to death. That's the body of sin. Not just their body, but that whole body that embodied that man. He died and brought it to death. 
and buried it. And raised out from it. That's your salvation. And if you don't understand that, you don't understand your salvation. I get really upset sometimes. I hurt is not, not in a mad way. Sometimes I get mad. But I get hurt. I hear people sing songs and I go, No! He didn't just restore you as you were. Yeah, He restored you, but He made you restored in the Christ. He didn't just put you back together. You're not like Humpty Dumpty sitting on a wall and you fell off and God just picked you up and put you back together, patted you on the head and said, now you don't go sin. He restored you in Christ. That's why this is so important. That's why Paul writes it to, in letter after letter. Because this is what he did. He died to sin. And he raised unto God. He never died in sin. He died to sin. Adam died in sin. Get a hold of this. Adam died in sin. Christ died to sin. Christ came in sin, but he never but he never sinned. He that knew no sin became the sin offering for you and me that we would be justified in His life. Because we're brought out of the place we were in. We had our conversations in time past. See, the problem is we still think we're having our conversation in Adam. And Paul's telling you, no, you're the body of Jesus Christ. See, there's the problem. We think we're still the body of Adam, living any old way we want to. Well, every time the Lord showed me this, He dealt with me severely. That I was breaking covenant. Because every time I go out here in my mind and think I'm just a body of Wayne, And I've got my own life. That's where we break covenant. Because we're not living unto Him. Now He dealt with me severely. And thank God He did. I thank Him for it. I welcome it. Because I want to be jarred awake. And every now and then, I need a jarring. I do. To wake me up. So, we become dead to the law by the body of Christ. So how we get free from the law is we died. If we don't die, the law still has dominion over us. And the law was holy and just and good. The problem was never with the law. A lot of preachers want to find a problem with the law. There's no problem with the law. Paul tells you that. The problem was you and me. 
So we died to the law because in the law we can never be made righteous. The law held us short. And this is what the law does. It shows us we're short. But you died to the law to be married to another, even to him who's raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. So that's who we're married to. To bring fruit. That's who we're joined to. A marriage is a joining, a relationship. So, before He come, we were joined in relationship to Adam. Everything that pertained to Adam pertained to us. That's what Paul said. Even those that didn't sin in the same manner as Adam did, they were under Adam's curse. They were bound in Adam. That's why Jesus had to be born in a, by a woman. Because He had to come in and die to the man. That Adam man ain't never going to be made perfect. A lot of the church is looking for him to be made perfect. And I got, I got news for him. God had an answer to it for him, and that was the cross. That's God's answer. The new man is the perfect man. So don't get confused when you read the Scriptures. Romans 6, and then I'm going to do Hebrews 2, and we're going to be done. Romans 6, just a couple verses. We've read this hundreds of times. It says, Know you not, verse 3, Romans 6, verse 3, Know you not that so many of us as were baptized in Je into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So Paul's real serious about his death. His death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, in the same manner, as he was raised from the dead, we should walk in newness of life. Because our life is no longer in that man, that old man. Our life is in the one that raised from the dead. That's our life. So our life's no longer in that old man. Our life's in him. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified. Here's, here's what he had to take away. When, when, what we read in Romans 7. Here's how we got free from the law. You become dead to the law by the body of Christ because when Christ hung on the cross, the old man was crucified with him. So that old man died and a new man come forth in the Lord Jesus Christ. Honey, this is the gospel. We come forth in Him. We're His body.
flip over to Hebrews 2 because there's some, something people get confused with in Hebrews 2 all the time. I'm sure I got more to say on this, but for time's sake, I'm going to cut it short. Hebrews 2 says, verse 6, But one hath somewhere testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou made, it, made him a little lower than the angels, thou crowned him with glory and honor, and did set him over the works of his hand. Thou put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he subjected all things unto him, he left nothing that is not subject to him, but now we see not yet all things subjected to it. Here Christians go, and they say, well, someday everything's going to be subjected to him. No, we do not see all things subjected to it. I looked this up, and you can, you can look it up yourself. I looked this up, and it could have read, and I'm not saying I'm not a, not a Greek scholar, but I'm just going to throw this at you. It could have read something like this, yet we see not all things subjected to him. God put all these things under his feet, yet we see not all things subjected to him. But then he gives you the answer. But we see who? Jesus. Who? Who was made lower than the angels for the suffering of death. To this man that doesn't have all things subjected under him. He was made lower for the suffering of death. And see, all things are subjected under Jesus. This is where people... People read this verse and they want to go back to the old Adam man and say, see, not everything's under him. It ain't going to be, honey. He got crucified. But we see Jesus, who all things are subjected. What did Jesus say when he rose from the dead? He said, all authority is given to me. Who had all authority in the beginning in the garden? Who did God give the authority to? Adam? Who does it say Jesus crucified? The old man? Who raised from the dead? Not Adam, but Christ. So now we see not all things subjected to Adam, but we see Jesus who all things are subject to. And now we're not the body of Adam, we're not the body of sin. The body of sin is being destroyed. Now you are the body of Christ. This doesn't mean you don't have physical bodies. He's not talking about your physical bodies. He's talking about a bigger picture here. Your physical bodies are included because we yielded our physical bodies to Adam. And this is where the Lord's dealing with me, and we'll have to pick this up next week. Now we yield our physical bodies to Christ. Hallelujah! Because we're made alive from the dead. But it's not I that liveth, Paul says. It's Christ living in me. 
And the life that I have in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me that I could live unto him. So he gave himself for me. So all that disaster I was, he gave himself. He that knew no sin became sin. That I could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. See, there's the issue. Because if I'm not in Christ, I can't be the righteousness of God. Neither you can cut me off. So, here's the issue, folks. This is it. You that are dead, give me five more minutes. You that are dead are free from sin. Sin was in the man. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin. He didn't say he takes away Adam's sins. See, see this, give me just two more minutes, five more minutes. This is a big deal. He takes away the sin of the world. Not just your sins. He doesn't just make you not a sinner and you live righteous. He takes away the man that you could live in him, that you would be married to him. But if your eyes aren't open to that, see, you're still going to try to live as if you're married to the old man. And unfortunately, most of God's people who have been born again, that's what they try to do. That's why they're at warfare with the world. That's why all these, all these things are, are, are there, because they don't realize whose body they are. They don't realize they're the body of the Lord. And if you don't realize you're the body of the Lord, you'll get in warfare with everything. You really will. Well, give you a, I'm done with preaching. I'm going to give you a coronavirus update. Everybody's worried about the coronavirus.